Hello and welcome to Carbitrage Podcast, episode 89. I'm Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host, Ryan Sinitsky. Hello. Hello there, that's me. Oh, it's nice to be back in the regular swing of things. Not that I didn't thoroughly enjoy our LAN party last Saturday after the podcast, but feels good. <laughs> yes, it does. I know exactly what you mean. You know, I actually... Um, so Spaz uh, suggested a video game to me. Okay. Um, it was called Automation. Oh, Corey suggested that one to me as well. It's so good. Well, what what is it? So it's uh, one of those European simulator games where it's just like way too nerdy. Is it actually European? I thought that was based in uh, Utah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> it's, you know, on the lines of like farming simulator sure. or yeah, like yeah, yeah, train yeah. conductor or like sewerdist simulator or whatever. I own a Euro truck simulator. <laughs> One of the best driving games, actually. It actually is pretty good. Yeah. Not going to lie. So, um, anyway, the game is totally awesome. 100% worth you know, investing in, and what you do is, yeah, you you are in this fictitious continent. There's five different countries, okay, and you need to market cars to the countries. So you um, starts out in 1946, so you don't have to worry about any pre-war stuff. I was a little bummed out when I saw that, but um, that makes me happy though. But what, you design everything from like the design of the car, the suspension layout, the interior, uh, and the engine itself. The engine building is well. How super much detail does it let you go into? Well, with the engine, you can choose uh, inline, 60-degree, 90-degree V, boxer. Nice. Okay. Th- between 3 and 12 cylinders. What, what about a rotary? Not yet. Huh. But it's also in open beta. So it's like the game's the game's not oh. the game's not done. If it's that sophisticated and it's not even into alpha yet, that's pretty yeah. good. It's, it's okay. yeah. It's definitely within open beta still. But okay. The um, or I, early access, whatever they call it. <laughs> it's not even in early access yet. Oh, like, I see. It's it, I think it's it's like sold as early access, <clears throat> but it's definitely not at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the game, it's uh, the thing that I think they have to work on the most is uh, the interior stuff is really basic. They really have okay. to like redo that because like it, you can't even see into the inside of your car. Oh, that's kind of so lame. That, that's kind of lame, but it's like whatever. Um, the cool thing though is that you can take your cars and you can export them to Beaming Drive. The what? Beam.ng Drive. It's a physics-based uh, driving simulator. Oh, okay. With, like, I guess I wasn't even aware of that. Oh my god, it's such a cool game because okay. it, it's. Um, <laughs> I'll take your word for it. I just. <laughs> yeah, it's enti- it's a it's a entirely physics-based driving game. So, hmm. like when you crash your car, like the car crumples like it actually would. So. Oh, does it like does it do mechanical damage too? Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> Oh yeah. So if you money shifted, it, it'll throw a rod out yeah, of it. Actually, and stuff. Yeah, actually. Oh, pretty yeah, cool. So it's really cool. But um it's cool to see your actual creations, to be able to drive them around in a game yeah, that's and neat. like crash them to a wall or launch them off a cliff in Utah or something. I might have to download this. Yeah, they, they are both worth it. Like Beaming Drive alone is a great game. Automation How much is BMG? Is, um I think it's only like twenty bucks or something. All, I know automation's thirty. All in you're at like forty five, maybe fifty bucks. That's not terrible. It, if you have enough fun with it. You will. Okay. I guarantee it. Because the thing is, you don't have to do, like, you can just do sandbox. So if you don't want to do the full, like, giant campaign thing mm-hmm. uh, and actually have to, like, market the cars Oh, and yeah. Stuff, screw that. I would only sandbox. No, if, if you want to make, <laughs> like, a D Tommaso Pantera with a six-liter three-cylinder with, like, a huge turbo on it, you can. That... I kind of want to do that now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was I was almost late today because smallest um, engine of the biggest car, biggest engine of yep, the smallest car. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, That's I the was, first thing I do. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was actually in the process of making a car that was kind of like uh, 
Datsun like 411. Okay. Which is like the predecessor to the 510. Yeah, I think we talked about yeah. that. And so I was designing like an eco engine to sell to like, I'm trying to make a car enthusiast car for budget minded people. Okay. So I was making like a little three cylinder engine, it makes like 60 horsepower, but the car weighs 2,000 pounds. It's, sure. ni- it's, 19... it's like a Mirage. Yeah. It's 1956 in the game. Like, that's going to be really skookum. Yeah, it's going to be fast. Yeah. That's, that's like be... 10 seconds here to 60. So. Yeah, and it gets like 40 miles per gallon. So it's like perfect. Yeah. So I'm also trying to make it like cheap and everything, but I'm having to like take all these things into effect. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I also worked on this car that was a uh, inline six supercar made like 400 horsepower. Like, also from the same period in time. Yeah, from, yeah, yeah. Because it's 1956 in the campaign, so I'm like actually making all these like cool things. And you can also design like the actual exterior of the car, so you can either make the car look like just disgusting or actually really cool. Does and it I've change actually, how it sells? Uh, n- no, not yet. I okay. think it, they will probably update that. Okay. Um, but yeah, so that's it's gonna be a really really awesome game once that's it. Cool. I mean, even now it's great. Like they could honestly release it right now and probably get like a seven out of ten. By most critics. Hmm. And they are nowhere near done in having it ready for release. So that's going to be super cool. I have mixed feelings on game developers releasing stuff that isn't quite ready for the limelight. Because like, I'm excited that I can play the functional thing. Yeah. But like, at the same time, you yeah. know, having all the bugs I think worked out. It's, having... one, it's one thing if it's a AAA. Like, if EA did this, right. like... Well, it'd be garbage. Yeah, well, it would be. And everything would be pay to win. Um, but... Yeah, is since... there DLC in this game? No. Good. Actually... There might be. Ugh. Like, it's just one thing, though. Okay. Like, it's like one massive update that they'd like totally rewrite like a whole oh. bunch of stuff. To it's do. like a new game. <laughs> yeah, basically. Okay. I think I think like for like they added a, like a sixteen cylinder for every engine option. Okay. But the thing is, is like it's a small developer. It's literally like their lead programmer slipped on the ice and gave himself a concussion. That sounds familiar. Yeah, kind of like me. Um, uh, but it, and so they actually had to like slow down their <clears throat> updates because like there's like five people <laughs> working there. So well, I guess that's understandable. Yeah, but I mean, like, so that that's like that's the size of this company. I you know the fact that they're opening it, they're releasing it as early access right now. Um, I'm really not too bothered by that because it is a small company, right? And yeah, they need to make money to like sustain making the game. And I will totally take an early access game if that means that I end up getting a better game in three or oh, four Oh, for years. sure. And I, I do like, I mean, it keeps it fresh, too, for a lot longer. Because yeah. it's like getting in-game updates that actually matter. Yeah, no, it's like, if you ever played Ark Survival Evolved, it's, just a, no. it's like Minecraft with dinosaurs. I haven't played um, Minecraft either. Oh, it's like Minecraft with dinosaurs. Like you build All I know like, is you punch trees. I learned yeah. that from South Park. Tree punching. Tree punching. <laughs> That sounds like a fetish or something. I know, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> but Oof. no, Oof. It, it's like it's like Ark, like we're, Ark Survival Evolved started out as this basic game, and now it's actually you know five years later released into it's actually really one of the best survival games that you can play. Not really my genre of choice, but still, it's kind of cool to have that, right? Um, but yeah, so that's that's kind of what I was really excited about over the week, and yeah, that was a really awesome land party because i found out about that game is that land capable can you like i automation's not because it's obviously it's a simulation it's a single player game however right. i think beaming drive might hmm. i i feel like there's a multiplayer tab i've never even thought about clicking on well we'll have to look into that for the next one yeah i will have to double check on that um <laughs> now what are you hmm? drinking i am drinking uh one of my varsteiner oktoberfest this is the last case of this beer that i have uh, i brought it down I'm drinking here one too. fabulous it's it's pretty good it's no longer october but i just don't care i 
Warstarter does a great job in beer. Actually, actually, Oktoberfest is in September, is it not? I don't know, man. I'm Jewish. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, um, that, that whole Germany thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a gray area. Now, I want to get on to what our first actual topic will be. Okay, I'm going to eat a Girl Scout cookie while you present this. Now, I was uh, talking to my coworker, uh, Keith, and he's a listener occasionally when he sits next to me and I'm listening and reviewing how we sound and taking <laughs> notes. Um, and he actually came up, this came up in a uh, conversation. He has a friend who just crashed his 325 IX E30. Uh, Good. Well, does he want to let me buy it? I think, I think insurance is going to take it cause he was a boob and he had state farm. Buy so, back though. Yeah, it's true. But he, um, anyway, so he found out, or, he wanted that because he needed something that was like a cheap classic that he could kind of daily drive and not feel any shame about. Mm-hmm. He can drive like if he needs to drive it in the winter, he can. It's not like he's doing anything, you know, that's just terrible. Like deal, like driving an E30 M3 in winter, or like even just a normal E30. Yeah, regular. Yeah, good. Yeah, because so, I mean, like the thing is, like a 325 IX at the end of the day on the packing order of cars that exist is still pretty high up there. Like, like it's legitimately better than say like a Pulsar NX or something, which is a cool car, but it's just, it's not that bad of a car. It's just relative to the other cars that are on that platform. It's definitely the worst. Um, anyway, this gentleman and his wife, uh, Keith's friend, they Mm -hmm. make $200,000 combined per year. Mm -hmm. So upper middle class. Sure. They live in Minneapolis. They have a two-car garage. Oh, they, that's not enough. I know, but they do not plan on moving. Okay. They just can't because they they own the house and everything, so they're they're in there. Um, he needs a classic car that he can daily, mostly in summer, potentially all year, depending on how things work out. Um, and they already own one other car, so if need be, he can hitch a ride, which is kind of what he's been doing, and. He kind of lives on the wife's route to work. Okay. What does he buy? So it has to be a classic, dailyable, not too insane, and you know, including expenses. They're they make two hundred thousand dollars a year. So I'd say probably what what would that be? Like a fifty thousand dollar budget? Uh, well, Maybe. it depends on how That's close like the they want to live to their side. means. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm say... not sure what their debt to income is. But I would say let's limit it to like thirty-five or forty. Thirty-five. Well, let's say thirty-five thousand dollars. Okay. I'm thinking. I mean, that's that's kind of a tough one. I mean, obviously, just getting a fun car that's reliable enough to use in the yeah. summer, easy. But something that you would uh, be able to drive once or twice in the winter and not have it rust out immediately. And then you know, the other thing is, you know, potentially it might appreciate in value. Well, I'm yeah. I that's kind of I don't usually buy cars unless they're going to appreciate, with the exception of daily drivers. Yeah, even then, I try to get something weird that like will potentially appreciate and isn't really sought after. I used to, I guess, but now I'm, I don't know. I just, I accept that depreciation, especially because I can deduct it on my taxes now. It's whatever. That's very um, true. <laughs> well, okay. As much as I hate, like, looking for something that's all-wheel drive, maybe. I'm trying to think of stuff that's maybe turned to the 1990s. Oh, I got it. Celica Alltrack. You know, I was actually thinking the FJ60 Land Cruiser. Yeah, those rust pretty quick. Oh, well, that's true. I mean, I guess you can get one that's like, you could try undercoating it. Let's see what you can you do. You gotta get that true coat. They buy that at the coat. factory. But um, yeah, that Celica Alltrack would be a really, really good 
really good option, actually, because that's a car where it's all-wheel drive and legitimately makes it better. It's not like all-wheel drive on the 325iX where it actually makes it significantly worse. Um, right. But, yeah, no, that'd be a really good car. Um, you know, I would, if it wasn't a FJ16 Land Cruiser, mm-hmm. uh, depending on how avant-garde this guy is, I might say a V6 five-speed V20 Camry wagon. Those are, they're too cool to risk that with, though. That is true. It, it's so rare. It, and it's one of those cars where it's it's uh-huh. rare, and it's at that point where it, it's at that that level of rare where it likely will not appreciate in value. Right. Um, If he's somebody that's a little bit more um, open to tinkering with it, perhaps a Cressida wagon. They made those here? Yep. The, not my generation. The generation before mine. They made Cresta wagons. I don't know if I've seen the gen before yours even on the road in this country before. Oh, the MX-73? I'm sure you have. But yeah, uh, why don't you Google MX-73 wagon? Sorry, I'm trying to get the frame rates fixed on the cameras. Oh, yeah. Holy crap. These are awful. Well, what I did, we've we've had the table cam set on a really low output for a while. Yeah. Because for whatever reason, this computer can't handle three cameras with the good frame rate. But I figured if I took ours down a little bit, I could get the table cam to go up to 30 frames a second. Oops, that's not what I want. Uh, sorry, what what do you want on screen? I can maybe do that while I'm doing um, this. Let's look at the MX-73 wagon. That's the Crusta wagon. All right, let me go to... Uh, while you're doing that, I'm going to eat my cookie. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, I'm looking for one that isn't modified. <laughs> Good luck to me. Oh, for Pete's sake. This one's pretty close. That one's, yeah, that one's pretty <clears throat> clean. Some. Speed Hunters. That's a website worth visiting. <laughs> That's a nice Civic. Where is this damn Cressida? I don't know, but that's a really cute Dahatsu. Mm. Of course, that's not even labeled. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? This is a garbage website. I love that website. It's a garbage website. Why? The content. There good. it is. What's it? Oh, oh, it's because they called the X70 <clears throat> Mark II. It's technically Japanese. That's what it's called in Japan. But that would be another good car. The only thing is you would have to do a manual swap. They weren't sold as manual? No, but it's based off a of Supra. Everything bolts up. You need a manual transmission. A Actually, Excessive Motorsports makes a... Uh, yellow zinc plated clutch pedal that just bolts onto the end of the, st- the standard pedal box. There's enough uh, meat there for it to do that? Yeah. They have all the provisions and everything. It's never sold them in America with the manual. And they didn't bother redesigning the firewall or anything. <laughs> so it's literally. <laughs> that was nice of them. Step one put in W58 manual transmission out of any rear wheel drive Toyota that's not turboed. <laughs> it will be extremely cheap and get the best one in the world for like 500 bucks. So hmm. that's fair. get that $120 excessive motorsports clutch pedal. Um, go find yourself a um, either a Supra or a IS300 um, ma- master cylinder for the clutch. Oh, okay. I was going to say, like, yeah. IS300. Yeah, the same thing. Okay. They use W58s as well. That's incredible. And then it, it <laughs> happens to be the right angle. You could use a Celica one, but it pushes it up against the uh, strut tower a little bit too much so you might get some weird rubbing depending on well a lot of the toyota those are i mean they're just bulkhead mounts and they're separate units right yeah so are. like you could use one out of an mrt spider probably yep yeah you could 
And then you just got to run – They even excessive motorsports, they sell a like steel braided line with the correct fittings. It's the exact same length and everything. I assume it's pretty easy to trick the car to start. Yeah, you don't even have to do anything because <laughs> it's from like 1983, Sweet. and you can just like start it when it's in first gear. Yeah, I assume that's rear-wheel drive. Yeah, it is. Be. It's rear-wheel drive. Are they 5Ms? 5M, yep, 5M GE. Um, if you really want to get wild without going into like 2JZ stuff, you can get 6M out of a Chaser, which is a full 3-liter version of it. Mm, okay. So get yourself a little bit of extra power there. Yeah, those are cool. I, I mean, I do like your, your camera suggestion. I just would worry about and they, they do last pretty well, but, I yeah. mean, if you're doing more than a couple of trips a year in the winter, that car is not going to last. You know, I think the thing is that the Camry, I mean, you, the, Cam- the Camry wagon is actually more rare. Than the Cresta, because it just had a lower survival rate. Right. I think if you found a Cresta wagon, yeah. like you're going to have a lot of fun. You can carry the family. And you get a straight six. You get an inline six. You get rear-wheel drive. Rear-wheel drive. That's and every, huge. Like, why, yeah. would, why would you not want that? And I bet you could buy one that's already been manual swapped well in budget. Oh, yeah. If their budget was ten grand, they could get this car. Right. They're and that's, so cheap. We probably should set the budget way lower, because I mean, you can get a really nice Celica Alltrack for ten grand too. Oh, yeah. That's true. And... You know, really, all the cars we said, and I think you know, with that quarter grand budget, you mm-hmm. know, you could also do all your rust proofing and stuff for being mm-hmm. able to actually drive it. You could do your you know brake upgrades or anything that you really want. If you want a little bit more power, I mean, you could, you know, forty. If I had forty grand in mm-hmm. an MX seventy three, I'd have just the sickest wagon you've ever seen. It'd be uh, <clears throat> like a like a two JZ at one point. Yeah, one point five JZ. It says a two JZ with a one JZ. One, one JZ head. Yep. Yeah. A 1.5 JZ, a um, CD006, uh, six-speed out of a 350Z, um, limited slipper differential. I would get some like, Hoshino Racing Impal wheels. <laughs> I get that lip kit on it. You definitely haven't thought about this, have you? I use the JDM bumpers and everything. <laughs> I get like a green velvet interior. <laughs> like it would, <laughs> I would totally build the car on a 40 grand budget. Totally. So, yeah, that's the thing. I, I think the correct answer would actually be a crusted wagon. All right. Well, I think we have two answers then. I mean, I would still take a Celica all track. So, over that, it, but. but it's it's going to be a classic Toyota, an '80s era Toyota. I'm, th- I'm thinking the bubble one, the '90s. Oh, the '90s one. So early the '90s. '91 or yeah, whatever. Yeah, because three SGTE. Yeah, so I'd say a Land Cruiser, a Celica all track, or a Crescent wagon. All three of those are great cars. They're all Toyotas, so your insurance isn't going to kill you. It's great. And yeah, I mean, the later you go, the more rust proofing. So I think the, that I think your Celica all track, if you want something that's sporty. I, the, you know, if you want something sporty and fun, sell call track. If you want something that he can drive anywhere and have a blast in for a totally different reason, like go off-roading, mm-hmm. the Land Cruiser. If you want something that's fun, avant-garde, the Cressida. Yeah, I, I feel really bad not recommending an 80s Mercedes, like a 300E uh, five-speed, but it's just it's not as good. No, it's not. It's th- That's a car you get as an investment. And not to drive to have fun. Or like a 190E 2.6 five-speed. That would be a good one, too. Because they actually are... the Those are all the cladded cars, and those those don't, would be really those cool. don't rust out. <clears throat> and that, that M103... That would be... <clears throat> excuse me. Or that would be a very cool car. A 1990... Or was it 90 or 91? There was one year of the SL, like my dad's downstairs, yeah. where they offered the 24-valve six-cylinder and a manual in that I, SL. I think it's a 91, actually. And you could get that well in budget, too. So if they want something with a convertible top, well, didn't bam. They, didn't they have the manual that went on to, like, 93? No. When, or the, when, when did the manual? 89 to, I think, 91. Okay, yeah. So Only be, a couple of years. Okay, yeah. And so. it was only in three-liter engines, but the uh, the M103 to the M104 changeover, 
There was okay. there was like one year where it was still mechanically injected and it's still three liters instead of three point two. That's perfect. And that was that. So yeah, I don't know what year what that was, but it. again, it depends on what they want. I mean, if they're yeah, if they're if they're planning on taking a road trip, get a Cressida. Yeah. If they're planning to just bum around town and have a little fun, get an all track. If you want to go out to like the Badlands or something, get the Land Cruiser. <laughs> and if you want something at the top that goes down, get the SL. Yeah, there you go. Problem solved. Yeah. <laughs> or, solved. Or if you want four doors, so you don't have much space, the 190. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> depending, on, depending on how big your garage is. And I, I think you could even get a 190E 2.6 Sportline with the manual. Ooh, that that'd be car. cool with that awesome interior. Yeah, it's a, it's the Cosworth interior, but they 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 they. Uh, upholstered the center sections of the seats in the Sportline colors. So you had a, like a yellow driver's yes. seat, a red passenger seat, That'd be so a cool. blue driver rear. It was it was pretty intense. But I should actually look into Sportline. We should lines. get up Chris uh, Butters onto uh, the podcast. No, he fucked me over on his car. Oh, you just you're salty about that because he keeps. I not... dude, I got there with the money at the agreed time, and he vanished. He probably yeah, he got cold feet. He really loves that car. Yeah, then he should have said something. That's true. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Okay. Uh anyway, so um yeah, so th- there you go, Keith. Uh you can tell your buddy that. <laughs> have him listen to our podcast. Don't don't tell him. Just have him listen to the podcast. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and also have him subscribe to Patreon. Boom. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome for figuring out your car issue, Keith's friend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, I want to talk about something mm. that's going to shock you. Mm. It's a crossover. Yeah. It's an electric car, too. The Model Y? Yeah, the Model Y has just been announced. Uh, it was actually a couple of days ago, but... I'm really happy for Tesla. I yeah. understand why they made it. Congrats on finally unveiling your volume model. I, I don't want one. But I have to say, the like the price point per base range is better than I anticipated. The The base price is about forty two grand for a 280-mile range. That's not bad. You know, that, you know what the car looks like? It looks like a BMW um, 5 Series GT that like weird wagony sort of thing yeah it looks like a front end of a ford like focus i was gonna say a play school version of a 5 gt yeah a 5 gt power wheels 5 gt with a focus front end there you go yep (laughs) or you know like everything in the tesla design group it's just been pumped up with an air pump you know another thing about that game automation (laughs) Mm -hmm. it makes me appreciate cars like this because I'm making like all these like super cool like like just insane powered six cylinders it's because I got a god-awful, disgusting-looking, swing-axle, like, four-cylinder, 80-horsepower, 3,000-pound sedan. Right. It's just my budget car. It, it just, <laughs> I, Are you just going into automation and creating, like, a normal thing? Like, not doing what everything everyone else does with video games? Yeah, because I'm actually playing the campaign. I need to make money until you can make my, like, cool cars. So I made a normal car. Oh, man. <laughs> So I totally understand why they do this. <laughs> like, it makes sense. And it actually, I think it's a cool thing with that game is it makes you appreciate like the stupid cars that like you're like, why does this exist? Why does the Dodge Intrepid exist? And then you're just like, oh, because they need a car just like sells that just moves numbers. Okay, yeah, cool. And the rental fleets need something. And and the beauty is. Is how shitty can I make it before people notice? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they figured that one out. Yeah, and that, that's exactly Chrysler figured that out in that, the '90s. <laughs> that's exactly what I did with this car. I'm just like, oh, that is just garbage. <laughs> so. ah, where's the base? There we go. Standard range. There it is. 230 mile range. 18 or 19 inch wheels. 5.9 seconds to 60. Um, and you know what? The best part? What? Rear wheel drive. <laughs> 
Yeah, they do offer a base rear-wheel drive, which they don't do in the X. So what I like about that is the fact that it's rear-wheel drive, mm -hmm. not front, because oh yeah, this could totally have been a front-wheel drive, and would probably would have sold better. But you I, know what? I don't think so. Tesla has never done a front-wheel drive. But no, the thing is, because you know, because Karen, uh, damn it, Karen. Between driving from manager to manager, she has a front-wheel drive crossover. <laughs> you know that. Because yeah, she, heard, equinox. she heard that front-wheel drive is better than rear-wheel drive. She doesn't know why, and she doesn't want to spring the extra two grand for all-wheel drive. safer. Actually, I had a customer at work that was like, they had a, just bought a T1. And like, Yikes. They're like, I almost bought the front-wheel drive, and then we decided to spring for the, uh, the extra five grand for the four motion. And I'm like, this is the best decision you made ever. He goes, <laughs> why? I'm like, well, first off, front-wheel drive on a crossover is terrible. Um... But second off, you would lose your shirt and value if it was front-wheel drive. And I showed him, like, the difference. I'm like, front-wheel drive Tiguan, seven grand. Mm -hmm. All-wheel drive Tiguan, 11, like, for, like, the same year. And he's like, wow. I'm like, yeah. It's like good the elements, decision. too. I mean, you can, get, you can get, like, a running, driving, manual, front-wheel drive element for, like, 1500 bucks. Yeah, nobody, nobody wants it. It sucks. No, they're actually pretty good. Well, no. At that point, you just go get yourself literally any other Honda product with a K-Series engine. They're all going to be way more expensive, though, and less practical. Mm, but still, it sucks. <laughs> That's fine. But, I mean, the all-wheel drive one is, like, it, it kicks in after you need it. So, like, what's the point? Well, it's all-wheel drive. The real-time all-wheel drive system that Honda has is not great. Mm, yeah. It's good for putting into Civics and making quarter-mile passes. Well, and when you do that, you're not using the uh, transfer case from the Honda. You're using like a Range Rover or something transfer case. Or not Range Rover. I think it's a Freelander. A Freelander, a Freelander transfer case. Yep, and then you're using a Wago van rear end, right? Yeah. Yeah. You have to cobble some stuff together, as one does with <laughs> Hondas. Um, so, now... Uh, it's so, about this. I'm I'm fine with it. Whatever. I mean, it works. It's not exciting. It could have been way worse. Um, I really appreciate that they stuck to the principle of keeping things rear rear wheel drive, if at all possible. Yeah. So, and again, I mean, it, it one ups the Model X and the fact that you can get a rear wheel drive one, which is great. I, I can't think of another crossover right now. Like the first gen SRX was like the last thing I could think of that was rear wheel drive and a crossover. Yeah, I think so. And I think this is like a. As far as crossovers go, it looks fine. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm, this will give them money to make other cool stuff. And I have a strong suspicion mm -hmm. Tesla probably used the same struts as they did in the Model uh, the Model three. X or the Model Three. This whole thing is a Model Three. Yeah, so you can probably, you can probably, everything. you can probably get the, you can probably lower it or something and mm -hmm. look a lot better. Yeah, and I assume you can get air suspension in it too. So. Yeah, and it doesn't not have air suspension. No, most of them don't. Okay, cool, even better. Yep. Um, yeah, I like, I like it. I mean, it's it, it's a crossover, but the, it's the, a hatchback, which is good. The most important thing is to me is you have coil springs mm -hmm. that fit multiple different cars. It is rear wheel drive. And there's going to be an overpowered version of it, so yeah, I'm fine with that. They already have the performance one list, and I think it's like three points. Yeah, three point five seconds to sixty. What, what what's the uh, performance one like? Uh, that's this. Oh, it's this one. Oh, yep. okay, this is it. So three point five seconds to sixty, which is cool. Yeah, the base car is I think I said five point six, and then it goes five point five for the long range rear wheel drive. Then it goes four point eight for the long range all wheel drive, and then it goes three five for performance. Can can I get the 
can, can I get the one that's got the big honking engine or motor and just get it rear wheel drive so it's a big burnout monster like a P100 or like the P85? Not officially, <clears throat> but it probably does have track mode or there's a dyna mode, I think, that will shut off the front motor. I, yeah, I feel like it's Tesla and they're just trying to make as much money as possible. I'm pretty sure you do like a Copo, like central office production order sort of thing and say like, I want the P100 engine in just a two-wheel drive. And they'll be like, whatever. Okay. This is stupid, but sure. Scott was saying that the first-gen X1 was offered in rear-wheel drive. And yes, it was. But that is barely a crossover. That's just a lifted E90. Although, I guess in this case, that is a pretty good example. Yeah, that's a good point. So Yeah, those were offered, I think, with the 3-liter NA straight-six and the turbo and 55 straight-six with rear-wheel drive. Those are... Two and manuals. Options. Yeah, yeah the first gen X one's actually a pretty interesting proposition. Then then they lost it all. Like that. Oh my look at the second and third gen X one. It's, like, it's like the Acura RDX. Yeah, what the hell happened to that? It thing? went from being literally the coolest crossover to terrible. Just god awful. Well, look at any modern uh, Honda SUV offering. Well, that's true. But I mean like particularly the RDX. The RDX had the two point three K the K twenty three. And that engine was the only turbocharged K series. And actually, it was a very commonly used engine for getting fuel injectors and stuff for people doing K-series builds. Right. Because then you wouldn't have to do any weird modifications or anything. You just have a larger fuel injector that works perfectly with a K-20. Hmm. So. Yeah, I still would love to use a K-23T in something, but probably just doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's I, I really want to as well. But, I mean, the K-23, the big thing about that is the fact that you have the K-23 injectors, which are the highest flowing factory Honda injectors you can get. Um, well, yeah, it's actually pretty cool. I'm, I'm not, um, I, I was waiting to be here to, um, <laughs> to look at the Model Y and well, I, I was fully expecting the worst and I actually did not get the worst. I, the, the most confusing thing to me is like during the release or whatever, they had these things around, you could drive them around or whatever. It's still going to be more than a year and a half before the first delivery happens on this. Are they federalized and everything? I have no idea. They're probably federalizing it. I guess. That takes a long time. Like, most most of your weight on getting a car is federalized. But when there's that much similarity between the Model 3, which is federalized, and this product, it it speeds it up quite a bit. It really doesn't matter because you still have to do all the crash testing. And then you still have to work out all the weird little bugs. Like, there's a bunch of stuff that goes into that. Um, Anyway. Now, I think we should move on, because I've got a hilarious story that I found uh, from Kotaku, actually. Uh, Carl Scone is now out of jail. Um, is he already? Well, he paid Bill. Oh, of course he did. Yes. Scott asked me to pull this up. I don't know why. The Ford Aspire with a license plate says Demon. Article <laughs> says it should have had a squared back end. Oh, like the Aspire? Well, I mean, oh, every, I get it. Everything yeah, with the square back end is yeah, that much, would, much more. That, that would be a lot better, yeah. It says, nope, newer article. I don't know, I googled it, and that was the top hit. Anyway. Uh, Feel free to shoot me a link in the chat. I'll put hey, it up fu- here. fun fact about the Ford Aspire. Mm-hmm. If you have a Ford Festiva, and you're trying to take it out autocrossing or something, yeah. Ford Aspire brakes bolt directly on there. Really? They're significantly bigger. Well, yeah, it's a much heavier car, so it makes yeah. sense that they would be bigger. The more you know. G.I. Joe. Exactly. Uh, anyway, yeah. so I would like to move on to the next article here. Um, oh, this guy's after me here. Hold on. And the... Oh, he's, he's going to send it over to us? Uh, it doesn't have a spire written anywhere in it, yeah. Oh, okay. Of course it doesn't have... 
There I fixed the Tesla Model Y for you. Jalopnik. All right. Oh, weird. Yeah, it does look a lot better, actually. Uh, I thought about that, too. I don't. I mean, it looks like a Pacifica on the back. Or well, maybe kind of like an Avon time. I I, th I think it, this is also a rendering that this guy did in about 20 minutes. Well, yeah, because so. look how terrible the rendering is. Yeah. That's just MS Paint. That would that could look potentially quite cool. Before, after. Yeah, no, I mean, it does look better. I, I'm, I'm not really a fan of when they slope it down because, yeah, you get a lot of room in it, but you really can't put, like, a dresser or anything in it. Oh, no, it's worthless. It's a, that, at that point, has the same amount of cargo space as a sedan. I mean, that's the difference between Actually, no. my car I, and I, Mr. Wags. I like it. You know why? Why? These people are being fooled into buying a sedan. Yeah, they are like they're Kinda. like I, I want a wagon to put things in, and then they get their <laughs> wagon to put things. It's like it's just as big as a sedan. Like yeah, you got more cargo cargo space, but it's in like the like the weirdest shape you could possibly fathom. Like I do like that everything that they've made so far, except for like the first gen Roadster, is a four door. Yeah, I I that's pretty great. I appreciate that. I would love for them to make a stupid coupe. Because I like stupid <laughs> please coupes. call it a stupid coupe. I drive a Tesla stupid coupe. I, I think stupid coupes are where it's at. Like a car that has, that it should be a sedan and just has two big ass doors. I love that. Like, <laughs> That's so 50s. <laughs> like, like Jana's uh, Accord is like that. Like, I think the best version of the CB7 Accord looks like that. The Camry Coupe is like my favorite Camry. <laughs> just cars have no business being a coupe, just being a coupe. The like, second gen Camry Coupe uh, is fascinating. I love that car. Uh, Toyota, the Toyota Crown, which is the Lexus LS. Back in the 60s, they made a coupe. Uh, can you bring it up? It's called a Kujira Crown Coupe. Why does everything you ask me to Google have to be in some other language? Uh, I like Japanese cars. It, well, at least it's Japanese or it's phonetic. It could be Polish. K-U-J-I-R-A. That's not phonetic at all. Kujira. I would have spelled it with a C. Well... It, everything in Japan and Japanese starts with a yeah, K. Yeah, well, I don't care. I speak America. Anyway, that car looks quite cool. And everything is hilariously modified. I know. They, they're always modified. Um, I think that that looks really cool. I, the, 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 oh, what the heck is that? Stupid Kijiji, or whatever this is. Bukalaka pack. Bukalaka pack. Scroll down. I'm sure you'll find a good one. I hate image search. It used to be so good. It would literally just take you to the damn image. Yeah. Now it gives you to the site, and the site you can never still right-click the image. Sometimes, I think you can on Bing. Anyway, whatever. There you go. Close yep. enough. Yep. So, Gucci uh, uh, Crown Coupes. That's not our car. No business being a coupe because that's supposed to be a Lexus LS. But they made a coupe. They gave it a special roofline, everything. I think it looks amazing. <laughs> Fair so, enough. There is that. Uh, now, anyway, on to my article. Yes. Um. Carlos Ghosn's out of jail now. Yes. Uh, he paid his, like, million, or his $7 million, some ridiculous bail he paid. Um, <laughs> and when he was escorted out of jail, um, he, they, to save him the embarrassment of pictures of him being escorted by the police, mm -hmm. they dressed him up as a police officer. Oh, jeez. And so if you scroll down, you'll see the original photo here. Uh, <laughs> so that's the original photo. Okay. You can obviously tell which one's Carlos Ghosn. The short, you know, kind of pudgy South American guy uh, with all the other guys that are not wearing yellow safety belts on. Right. So now <laughs> in Osaka, there's uh, a Comic-Con. 
a bunch of people cosplayed as Carlos Cohn. That's pretty great. In his safety gear. Oh, my God. <laughs> so... <laughs> At least Japanese have a sense of humor. In his attempt to not be like photographed, he has now made himself into a meme. <laughs> okay, well, it's you know, better to be a meme than to be uh, wherever he was before, basically. My favorite part is Carl Scone takes himself too seriously, and now every he's the laughingstock of the world, and it's probably bothering him so much. Good. I'm very into it. Good. Very fine. <laughs> That's all I needed to mention. I also like how they're posing with a photo of Carl Scone, too. Oh, I didn't even notice that. I'm just so distracted by the smiley face in the upper left corner. I'm just like, okay. When Japanese people are funny, they're hilarious. Like, they, yeah. Like, when Japanese people like want to be funny, like, you get MXC. You get this. Like, you get the funniest things. And then, like, All right. <laughs> I mean, great. I just, okay. It's, it's all about context. Like, I still can't believe he's out of jail that soon. Well, no, he's not out. He's on bail. Oh. Yeah, so he, he's still getting his Awaiting ad. trial. Yeah, he's or not whatever. allowed to leave the country or anything. <laughs> of course, if there is a country that I would want to be stuck in, Japan's pretty high up there. Well, yeah, but you have to go like way out of the populated areas to get to the stuff you'd want to see. Not really. I mean, they got a lot of cool stuff there. And you don't have to worry about like... Yeah, but the actual like car culture is not in. Well, I mean, there's the more than cities. car culture in Japan. Yeah, like, but depression it, and lack of baby making and a bunch of other stuff like that. Yeah, but I mean, and they also have the Akigara Suicide Forest too, which is oh there. Um, but they, uh, yeah, but what I'm saying is like compared to say like Thailand, where <clears throat> yeah, you're yeah. not only going to get mugged, you're also going to get malaria, mm-hmm. and then everything's going to go poorly for you. If you're if you're stuck in Japan, like you're pretty solid. It's an interesting place. It's got a really cool culture and you don't have to worry about getting malaria which is great look at the bright side that's the bright great side, that's yeah. so nice i don't have to worry about getting malaria yeah and if you want japan's climates range from minnesota white climate in hokkaido or in the ryuku islands it's like hawaii great where it's all fun and tropical which is actually and, pretty impressive for a country that small yeah so you have everything you want in one country like why would you it's perfect. No wheel drive turbo kick cars. I know where those are. Exactly. <laughs> it's perfect. It's a great country. So anyone, that's if there's a country to be stuck in, that's fair it. enough. Um, I would still probably prefer to be stuck somewhere else, but that's just me. Like where? It wouldn't be Germany. I can tell you that. Yeah, so. Germany would be terrible. <laughs> I mean, the Nurburgring would be great if Italy it's not the decent. winter. Yeah, I haven't been there for a long time, but Italy I think probably like, be fine. And then, well, because you also have to balance the fact that, like, where would I like to get stuck? You, you want to be in a first world country because yeah. you don't want to get malaria. Yeah. You don't want to get polio. So most of Africa, most of Central Asia is out. Um, you don't have to be somewhere that's just perpetually too dry. So Kyrgyzstan is out. Surprisingly cool country is Kyrgyzstan. I think I would probably do honestly the UK because there's it's all a, rainy and drippy. The, I don't care. There's a lot of cars there that are still around and really cheap that I could part out and well, send all the parts back to the United States. It doesn't much matter that you're doing that because you're you're awaiting trial. Yeah, so, but you gotta have somewhere to pass the time. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Isn't you part out cars? I, I guess, but I mean, what's the money gonna give you? Oh, your assets. Your, your assets will be seized. Satisfaction. I, I mean, I guess. Um, like Benny Benassi. Yeah, I, I, maybe China, but it's too big. Fine, Minnesota. 
Twin Cities. There no, I don't yeah. want to be here. Ah, it's great. Japan. All nah, right. Fine. Anyway. I want to talk about our auto show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the Minneapolis whatever you know, international auto show. The, things with auto show. Mm-hmm. Do you remember it back in the 90s when it was still run by the OEMs and not by a group of dealerships? Yep. Yeah. It was a lot better. It was. But yeah. I have to say... Although it's been tremendously disappointing the last five or so years that I've gone, yeah. this year wasn't that bad. Okay. They Good. actually, I mean, I went for the first time ever, I think, to actually potentially look at a couple of vehicles that I, well, My mainly purchase. just one that I yeah. bought and then wasn't allowed to buy, basically. But they had a Fiat 124 Spider, mm-hmm. a classic, a whatever, base one, but you could sit in it. Mm-hmm. They had a Luso up on a stand with a lady sitting next to it that I couldn't get into. I'm like, okay, great. The lady or the car? either really <laughs> she was very attractive but i finally sat in this car which is great i still intend on getting one as soon as i can but that was the first time i'd ever been in a fiat 124 which was rad um mncec i wasn't aware that they were in the main exhibition space yes sir so i said hi to balto because he was there that's good um what else scott and i test drove a nissan leaf cool just for giggles a new one i was curious how, how, how that it? worked it's fine they're like scott was mentioning there's a lot of cost cutting in that car uh with the interior and the non-thermally managed batteries but it was pretty punchy the range seemed pretty good the, yeah it's uh, like 215 miles or something um not with the 40 kilowatt hour one that's oh, okay. out right now they are coming out soon with an extended range one that is like that i, I think they're 150 miles. i was actually i was looking into leafs this week because i had a customer mm-hmm. who's thinking about getting an e-golf yeah, e-golfs are great as long as you get a 2017 or newer yeah, and that's well. She's gonna use one, so I'm like, I would get a leaf because like those are depreciated so much. Well, like your value for money, is... they still have the full tax credit. So if you get yeah. a base new 40 kilowatt hour leaf, you can do 150 miles EV, and it's 23 grand. That's good value. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I get why it's there. I appreciate that it's there. The new one actually doesn't look that bad. No, the um, the old one. That's I told her. I said, well, if you want to spend a lot of money and get a new one, yeah, get a new one. Or if you don't care how it looks, get the old one. I right. Mean, I mean, you can get a first-gen one with a battery that's okay for like six, probably less. And they or just, you get a 500E. <laughs> they've just made so many leaves. Yeah. And leaves. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like a coniferous forest in here. Yeah. There's so many leaves out there. And God, they're, they just appreciate so bad because mm-hmm. they just flood All the market. All short-range EVs do. Yeah. And they just flood the market with them. Yeah. And so they're... Like you can get like a really awesome like first gen leaf for yeah. like eight grand, and probably, they sell probably less. They sell immediately. Yeah, like when they go to a dealership, like mm-hmm. we had three of them. When I worked at Morris, and each one was gone within twenty four hours. Of well, it hit, and that's not a, even hitting a lot, but coming in on trade. Still a great car. Yeah, they are, and that's it's one of those things. That's the only car where I've seen a car come in on trade mm-hmm. on a Saturday, mm-hmm. immediately get rushed to one of the technicians. To get inspected, mm-hmm. passed inspection immediately because everything was good. Mm-hmm. Went on the lot on the end of the day Saturday and had a um, had a deposit same day. We, they took the car on trade and yeah. had a deposit on it before they even had a chance to detail it. I feel like most of the time when I shop for a car, whether it's for me or somebody that I'm shopping for, that's what happens. I find the car before it's like ready. Yeah, it's like oh, it hasn't been through detail. We just took it in on trade. Like the tires are terrible and this and that. I'm like, I don't care. I want yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Let me drive it now. I want to yeah. see how crappy it is before you fix it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but anyway, yeah, there was uh, those things. Like I said, it was great to see CEC. I really don't like the fact that yeah, like you're saying, it's run by the dealerships right now because like all the Mercedes that Scott and I wanted to get into were locked 
And they what have the Sears hell? imported dealer plates on them. Like so many locked cars at the auto show. Like, Why are you locking cares? a car at the Who locked cares? auto show? I, I don't know. The electric room was kind of a letdown. Um, they did have a non-full spec I-Pace, which was great to see. Because cool. so far, all the launch edition ones have been full option. I think I saw an I-Pace on the road the other day. Could be. I think what, col- been... what color was that one that you saw? Uh, the base one or the really fancy one? Both of them. Uh, orange for the fancy one. There's a black one at the dealership for test drive. And That's then the one I a, saw. And a silver one. I saw the black one. That yeah. car, I, I, I get why you like it now. Yeah. It's, it's way better proportioned than you see in pictures. No, it looks much better in person. If you lowered it, it would just be a wagon. To be fair, mm-hmm. 20 minutes prior, no, five minutes prior, I saw an Eclipse Cross. Oh, <laughs> I also saw one of those. It was so bad. Oh, God. Um, how, how depressing was the Mitsubishi display? Because it's, it's always, pretty depressing. It's like next to a dumpster in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> it was right by the test drives for the Leaf. So. Yep. <laughs> and the GTI test drive that nobody was doing. The, um, which one? GTI. This, ah, yeah, nobody wants a GTI. Right. It sucks. Well, pretty much, yeah, the 20 TSI. Um, now, the Mitsu stand, I mean, they had a fair bit of product. We looked at the Hatch Mirage just I out of principle. One of, the, one of the few manual cars there. The sedan Mirage on the corner. Oh, you know, goodness. It's not a good car. No. I'll take a hatch over a sedan. Yeah. I don't hate the sedan as much as I should. I really don't. It's just, I mean, when you're in it, it's okay. But like on the outside, boy, that's that's not a good proportion vehicle. No, no, not at all. But I, I actually think that it's terrible proportions are almost endearing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, elaborate. Why? All right. So there's, I have this like thing where it's like, you, you know, I, I don't like Mac cars. I like cars that are either terrible or they're great. But like, I think a car is so terribly proportioned. It's kind of cute. Like a pug. And you mean like the dog that people have kept from like natural selecting themselves out of existence because yeah. they can't breathe properly and everything? Yeah. They're, they're oh, very, geez. very cute creatures. And I think that the Mirage sedan, like my whole thing is when I see a car, my difference between if I like a car or don't like a car is doesn't bring a smile to my face. And when I see a Mirage sedan, it brings a smile to my face. Which is weird because when I see a Versa sedan, which is the exact same thing, tragic. Nissan, I don't smile. They're both tragic. I, I wince. But no, the, the Mirage hatch I would take any day over a sedan. Because whenever I see a sedan, I smile. I go, too bad, not, not a hatch. But, <laughs> I mean, They're the G4, whatever they call yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I say that with most things that aren't a Mirage. I go, yeah, it could be a Mirage. <laughs> Anyway, that was we did see an Eclipse Cross. We did not approach it. The BMW stand is just full of depression. The new automatic 3 Series, Gross. the gigantic, disgusting 8 Series, which Gross. has a trunk the size of a Fiat 500C with the back seats up. I shit you not, awful. the trunk is tiny. Um, they had an i8 Spider though, which was cool. That's cool. Uh, the first time I'd seen one of those. I had an automatic M3, which nobody cares about. They had an X7, which nobody cares about. Boy, that thing was difficult to look at. Oh, is that um, the one with kidney cancer? Yeah. Oh, it's the it's the worst one too. Oh, the X7. Yeah, Cadillac. Nothing to see here. Audi we skipped entirely. Um, what else was? Oh, wait. We went to the electric room. I was talking on that briefly. Like I said, it was really nice to see an iPace that was actually in like regular spec. Mm-hmm. That was kind of cool. And then they had an e-tron, which nobody cares. Yeah, nobody cares about so, that. Uh, uh, honestly, free parking for EV owners. That was kind of neat. Ah. <laughs> And uh, free admission had we cared, but I got free admission from Blubsky failing to get into the project car section. There you go. So. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> but better this I like that they have a project car section. I like that they're grasping at straws. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, did they have any Broncos? I did not go to Ford. Hmm. 
I, I'm really curious about that because I've been collecting black leather gloves oh, all geez. winter for, uh, <laughs> for for the Broncos. So I really want to. My whole thing is like I've like been practicing my toss, so I can walk past one with the open trunk and just go whoop, and then just like toss it like overhand and just like it'll just end up in the back. <laughs> I feel like it's gonna be like a one dollar option for the Bronco, like black isotoner gloves. That'd be awesome. I really <laughs> hope that they do that. <laughs> you know how there was Eddie Bauer Ford Explorers in the nineties? There's gonna be a, a Bronco isotoner. They really should. Like, th- I really think that they should play up to that because that'd be really funny. Like, well, now that enough time has passed, or it is funny. Yeah, so. it's in twenty five years, so like you you can make you can make these uh, jokes. Has it? Yeah. Oh, it has now. Yeah. 1994. Yeah. Wow. It's been 25 years. You can do that. Uh, but, I mean, the thing is, is when a car can make fun of itself. Yeah. Like, I appreciate that. You know, uh, you, you've met Awesome with the uh, Countach, which is faster than... I hope. Which is faster than a Testarossa, mind you. <laughs> um, awesome once said... Oh, your reaction to that Grand Tour clip. I loved that. That is the greatest <laughs> piece of film I've ever seen in my life. But um, Awesome once said... The most important thing about a car is its sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Too many cars and too many people these days take themselves too too seriously. Look at the one M. Exactly. Yeah, I want a car with a sense of humor, and that's exactly what the one M is. And I love cars like that. And that's that's why I prefer the Countach over. Boy, want to go do a skid? Yeah, let's go do a skid. That, that's why I love the Countach over, say, like, no offense, the Murcielago, because that's fine. the Murcielago it, it takes itself seriously. And it's a better car. It is, but it's much it's it's worse because it's better. That's exactly like, that's thing. Yeah. like that's the thing is there's like, a reason it, why we don't have a Countach, and it's because it's like three times as much money. Exactly, because that car is just <laughs> the best car and the favorite car mm-hmm. are two different things. Right. I I don't want the best car. I want my favorite car. Right. Because the best car is oh, I can bring dude. me a smile. I've I've bought stuff that's not great just because yeah. I like it. Like. A McLaren P1 does not bring a smile to my face. Which one is that again? Just a McLaren? It's the the fast McLaren. Oh, okay. Does it look any different than the other I, McLarens? I don't, I don't know what they look like. Okay, cool. It doesn't bring a smile to my face. But a Countach brings a smile to my face. Well, yeah. A, a Spiker C8 LaViolette brings a smile to my face, which is a, another objectively terrible supercar. Yeah, but it, it's so pretty. Yeah, it's very pretty. Um... But th- that's the thing that's most important, is the car brings a smile on my face. Um, and I feel like if Ford with the Bronco, you know, came up with some, f- you know, humorous things about the car, it's a little quips, like the new Honda Civic on the backside of the little pieces of plastic that are the rubber mats yeah. in the center console, they have little drawings on the backside. <laughs> Do which I even want to know? No, they're like about Honda history and stuff, but it's still like, I like little things like that and like... Just things are it, like it rewards you for digging a little bit deeper. Okay. So I think if they called the the white on the um, on the Bronco like juice white or something, <laughs> or like, maybe they made like like a horrible mustard yellow and they called it malaise brown, Ooh. or they did like the like, they did one that's like white with blue stripes and they called it the Gia or something and they like looked like the Ford Mustang two Gia or something. Like, if they did little things like that, that would go way further to get me interested in the brand. I think that's another thing that's really important that Ford is really fucking up is they, they don't get you interested. Of they make not. a widget. and I, uh, Well, they I, used to kind of. I mean, they were so close with the ST line and the that they make in Europe. GT350. Uh, I know. But that's the thing is you need to have a car that is interesting because, yeah, you can have the best thing in the world. You can have... The most desirable car, but if you aren't interested, they're not going to pay attention to you. Correct. That's why the Mirage doesn't sell. 
Well, that and gas is cheap and people are idiots. Yeah, but... That's I mean, why the Fiat 500 doesn't sell too I've, I've had several people at work that have been looking for a small city car. I mentioned the Mirage and how tiny it was, and we're very happy about it. Any chance you phoned the VIN number is a text I just got. You can know how my reply went to that. Did you give him the part number for the VIN plate? <laughs> no, but I might look that up real quick for the... I, I would. The X164 Mercedes GL. Yeah, I absolutely would give him the, the part number for the little VIN plate on the, on the dashboard. Because that's what a VIN number is. <laughs> oh, 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 God. Now my insides hurt. Uh, anyway. Uh, yep, that's, spe- uh, that's enough of the auto of, show. Speaking of dealerships, uh, Westside Volkswagen. Okay. Uh, every, in early June every year, they do a classic Volkswagen show. Okay. The cool Volkswagens, of course. Whatever. Uh, air-cooled and up to Mark II. That's the cool Volkswagens. Mm. Um, anyway. They're reliable Volkswagens. They're, they're relatively cool. I like this. I like the second generation Scirocco. I would yeah. never own one because I know better, but I like them. There are very few Volkswagens I like. Yeah, it's the second generation. I like Shir- the Corrado G60. I don't like that. That's a good looking car. I like the Scirocco. The second gen Scirocco. I like the. I think it's the Type 58. Uh, Carmen Ghia. The one with the two. Mark One GTI 16 valve. Um, the 411. What is that again? The. Uh, type four. Uh, look it up. They're very cool. That that cool. So lazy. This keyboard sucks so hard. Oh, okay. Uh, the Brasilia, <laughs> which is the Beetle-based uh, sports car from the seventies that made in Brazil. That's cool. Um, oh, the Cayman GT4. Which one's that? Cayman GT4. It's the manual only Coxster. That's a Porsche. Not. A... Yeah. I guess all right. Well, if we're gonna bring in Porsche, they're at any three fifty six. Well, yeah, they're all Volkswagens. The 914 is an objectively cool Volkswagen. Yeah, that is really, especially go. a 6. Yeah, so, okay. So, anyway, they made a few cool cars. Anyway, um, <laughs> so at Westside Volkswagen, they're going to have Bug-In, which is... Wow. I know, right? Wow. <laughs> it's actually... That's I'm not difficult gonna, for me to hear. I'm not going to lie. It's <laughs> one of the... If, if you can actually make it out to those shows, you don't regret it. Like it's. it's I, pretty, I'm sure it's a great show, but the really, name is I just know. like dad pun cringe oh yeah it, it's it's hilarious um they're gonna have bruce myers there um, nice very of cool. myers, myers Manx. Manx. yes yeah. so he is about he is actually like 94 years old and like my, my uncle blake built one right back when they came out well bruce myers is like 94 years old and God. like on his deathbed um <laughs> and he's coming out he's coming out this will likely be the last autograph signing he does in his life we should definitely go to that i'm absolutely we should have him sign scott's beetle Scott has a Beetle? Yeah. 996.2? Oh, yes, he does have his Beetle. Yes. Um, yeah, we should. Um, <laughs> that'd be hilarious. No, I, I absolutely will be heading out there and you know getting a couple of things signed. I mean, it's pretty Well, it's if you see nice. the event published anywhere, hit the electronic button to notify me of it so I can... It's run by very old men in a dealership. It is on June 2nd, starts at 8 a.m., and it wraps up by 2. So 8 a.m. to effectively noon... Uh, then it's nap time for everybody that's over 75. Yeah. Uh, They're going to start out at the Country Kitchen Buffet to pregame, I'm you, guessing. You will... What I like about that is it's a lot of the weird old air-cooled stuff. Mm-hmm. And it kind of gives you appreciation for Volkswagen because you see it's not just like a bunch of Type 2s and Beetles. I mean, albeit, there's a bunch of Type 2s and Beetles. Mm-hmm. Um, but you see a lot of the other cool stuff. The 411 I mentioned, some of the weirder Carmen Ghias because there's two Carmen Ghias. Um Carmen Gears as a whole. Um, <laughs> They're pretty. They are very pretty cars. 
absolutely terrible if you get any sort of body damage whatsoever because that's one piece of metal. The entire <laughs> body is one piece. And yeah, it's a monocoque. I uh, think the Elise clamshell is bad. You oh, yeah. seen nothing yet. Yeah, exactly. So, um, no, lot, lots and lots of cool stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, June 2nd, 8 to 2. Bring some Volkswagen goodies to get signed by Bruce Myers. And uh, cool. if you're not there, you are... A square. Square. Actually, Actually kind of you're a rectangle. You but. you are going to be really pissed because Bruce Myers will probably die before he comes back. So. Yep. Definitely. Um, I'll have to see if I still have some like parts from my Mark V GTI or something kicking around. I, I've got plenty <laughs> of stuff. I can let you have something. So. If if not, I can find some. I, I think I've got like a old picked two carburetor at work. I'm just going to go out to Highway Five and just park my car on the shoulder and walk for like 20 feet. I'll find a bunch of Volkswagen parts just sitting there. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I got an old like. Picked one car, like carburetor that's just all cro- just oh. like disgusting. So we could have him sign that at work. I was thinking like like bits of TSI block on the side of the road or something. But okay, <laughs> whatever. Here's a cam face. Or here, cool. Here's a, the cam follower for my. Fuel oh jeez, yeah. F- big oh FSI fuel pump, cool. Oh, I had to get a, I had to get work that actually got lucky. He had a FSI that had one quart of oil in it, had been driving on it. He was 3,000 miles overdue for his oil change. Had horrible timing chain noise. We put oil in it, and everything was okay, and the cam follower was all right. I told him to go get a lottery ticket. He won the lottery right there. And the balance shaft didn't seize? No. like I've ne- I, he, he drove that engine like you drive a 5SFE, a Camry engine. Balls out. Just... Balls out with no oil in it, and you're fine. <laughs> like, oh, God. Yeah, that guy got lucky. Anyway, I would say so. That's, wow. Okay. Let's move on to our final uh, topic here. Sounds good. Okay, so in that Grand Tour episode last week, yes. where they did your favorite piece of videography ever, which was the <gasps> Testarossa versus yes. the Countach. You know, they actually got, they got something wrong on that. <clears throat> they said that Enzo Ferrari told Michael Mann from Miami Vice to get rid of the, um, the uh, C3 Corvette a Ferrari Daytona thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was actually not Enzo. It was the dealer that did that. In right. And the Day photo Gami. they showed in the episode was the dealer guy. It was not Enzo yeah. Ferrari. So, however, I, this is the thing. I, I thought about that. I think I did hear a rumor that Enzo Ferrari uh, had seen an episode with that horrible car. Okay. And he was really confused what was going on. And so he asked a bunch of his aides... And one of his aides called the dealer and said, why don't they have one of our cars? And I think actually that's how it came. But okay. Enzo Ferrari did not personally tell anybody. I got you. But there, I have heard rumors that it was Enzo that directed the dealer to give them a car. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. So anyway, at the end of that episode, they were tallying up points from a challenge that didn't. I won't spoil the episode for you. But in this challenge, James May drives a Yaris GRMN. Very yep. cool car. And... Yeah. He did a, an unboxing video like he does for so many products. Haven't you seen that? The GRMN. Yes. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Of course I have. He does it on James May's unemployment tube, too. Yeah. So he does it on his own YouTube channel. And he had a full scale cardboard box made that looks like a real product box. Like when I first saw this, I had no context. So I figured this was actually how these were. Sold. I would. I would. I would really hope that they did. <clears throat> But anyway, it's it's great. Like he's got product information on the outside of it. It's got the right fonts. He's got the kind of pencil drawn outline of the features of a Yaris. 
It's just super, super cool. So I, I, I have ref- it playing right now. I, I got about three minutes into this, stream. and I refused to finish it because I, I felt myself getting like physically angry. Cause that, I, that this wasn't real? Do you know how badly I want that car? The GRMN, which we don't get here. Like That's a supercharged, manual-only uh, Toyota hatchback. I know! <laughs> All right, so I wrote the two articles that Japanese nostalgic car mm-hmm. uh, wrote about it. And the first one was, cool, they're making a Yaris GRMN. Here's why it should be sold in America. And then the follow-up to that was, Toyota, you fucked up! <laughs> It was just like me being just like, it, it was. I've never been so mad while writing an article. I think I actually like broke the keyboard at Maury's when I wrote that. I particularly liked the. Uh, I think it was like four episodes ago now. But when you had the Volkswagen rant at the end of the episode, <laughs> it's one of my favorite episode endings ever. That was. Like, I pictured the article going similarly. Uh yeah, it was actually. It was. I've never had a more spirited article I've ever written. And so. It's, I want to show him pulling the giant cardboard oh, I peel love that tab. Part. <laughs> <laughs> James May has a terrific sense of humor, even though you would J- never ever guess it. James May has the same sense of humor as me. Like, it's the exact same thing. So, yeah, there's the car inside of the box. And then I do want to show uh, the interior when he gets to it. There. So he's going to unlock it. The key is in a box. <laughs> so, all right. This is, I'm going to read the first few, uh, first few lines of each of these. Please Great. do. It's, this is when they reveal, revealed that the GRMN was in the works. <laughs> Put cardboard over all that. <laughs> so when Toyota revealed that the, hot, that the Yaris GRMN was in the works, mm-hmm. I wrote, Great news, everyone! Toyota's confirmed... All of your hot hatch dreams, officially named the Yaris GRMN, which is as cumbersome a name as chosen personally by Chewbacca. <laughs> and then the follow-up, um, let's see, it's just up here a little bit. Um, I wrote the entire article, being very excited for the car. I wrote, with this debut at the Geneva Motor Show this week, we finally have news of the hopped-up Yaris GRMN. And great news, it's going to be the full package that everyone was hoping for. Potentially the most exciting hot hatch to wear the Toyota name since the Starlet. If you have thought of a car that, if you thought the car was going to fight the Fiesta ST, you'd be wrong. It's going to be more radical than the Fiesta ST. Toyota says that output numbers are over 210 horsepower, with some outlets claiming even 220 horsepower. As expected, the power plant of choice is still the 1.8-liter supercharged four-cylinder, so it looks to be rumors from last month are accurate. It would be all for naught, though, if it was paired to an open differential, or God forbid a CVT. Luckily, that's not the case. A six-speed manual transmission will send... It's the only option. Yes. A six-speed manual transmission... This is also word for word what I wrote. I'm reading the entire article right now. (laughs) (laughs) A six-speed manual transmission will send power to a torsion limited slip differential, distributing it to 17-inch BBS wheels wrapped in Bridgestone Potenzas. Combine that all with a chassis 
that will be sure to be lighter than a 1.5 liter Yaris. And expected 1.6 or 0.60 times will be close to six seconds, with a flat-out top speed north of 140. To accompany all that go-fast fun, a set of brake source from the much heavier Yaris Hybrid will be will be handling stopping fast uh, and turning will be handled by a Nurburgring tuned suspension, uh, which is actually true. They used Yaris Hybrid brakes. Hmm. Which is kind of cool. That is interesting. Uh, I, well, that, I mean, like the 500e has the biggest Fiat 500 brakes. I love that they that they parts been engineered the brakes. Of course, that's my favorite part. <clears throat> um, if you don't want computers to spoil the fun, and an already relaxed traction control system can be turned off completely. Finally, for handling the fancy aerodynamics of the car, are functional, providing stability at high speeds to supplement uh, to supplement the stiff rear end and keep it planted. It honestly sounds like everything we were hoping for, and possibly the perfect hot hatch. Just honest, go-fast fun, no fancy gizmos like all-wheel drive reactive spoilers. There is one small problem. We don't get it here. Nope, not coming to America. While it's mostly due to the 1,000-unit total run, there are other reasons. Only 20% of Americans They're can only drive... making 1,000 of those things? Yeah. Oh, jeez. Only 20% of Americans can drive a manual. The vast majority of our roads are straight lines. So we prefer soft ride over handling. Americans like large cars and our cafe... Uh, standards stifle a lot of performance cars, which is true. Um, that being said, there is a market for this type of vehicle, and I go into why there's a market. Uh, actually, I'm just going to read that part because it's actually kind of interesting. Why well, a market? I'm just going to let this keep playing while you do that, then. Because it, uh, I, I write like James May would write anyway. So, and he's talking over you, so it'll be great. Is he really? Yeah. There's oh. desktop audio in the stream. We just can't hear it. I, is it actually playing? So this whole thing I've been doing is nothing. No, it is. But, okay. it, well, I mean, you're hearing both. Oh, that's going to be awful. You talk a lot louder than James May. Well, anyway, um, basically, the long story short, I'm going to just sum up the last three uh, paragraphs here, um, that the Fiesta ST uh, ma- made the Fiesta actually the best-selling uh, of the f- small hot hatches in America. Okay. The Fiat 500 uh, actually brought people into Fiat dealerships, the Abarth did, when otherwise they wouldn't have. Uh, and I compared that to the Dahatsu Charade, where Dahatsu had nothing important, and they had just launched in America, and nobody cared. Uh, and then uh, that the Yaris GRMN would round out the Toyota performance enthusiast base when we also have the Supra and the GT86 and all the V8 Lexus bits and bobs. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, the GRMN should come to America. It would fit in perfectly with the ST that we had at the time, the part that we had at the time. Uh, and it would be a better, it's a better product. So it's just a better car. So it's frustrating that they uh, don't give that to us. And that's why I don't want to watch this episode. Not too bad. <sighs> it's very frustrating. Very frustrating. So we anyway, don't get any of the good shit. I will say, but actually one of my other favorite things is it's got stupid 18 inch wheels on it. Mm-hmm. And they're actually being utilized because those front brakes necessitate 18-inch wheels. But they're Yaris hybrid brakes. The hybrid doesn't have 18-inch wheels. Those would definitely fit under a smaller wheels. A 17. Yeah. But still. We don't get the Yaris hybrid here, so I don't know what the standard wheels look well, like on as those. Opposed, as opposed to, like, Volkswagens with 18-inch wheels, and then, like, the brake discs are, like, buried behind, like, the wheel hub. Right. They're, like, that small. <laughs> like, Mark IV Jetta, like, oh. rear brakes. Where you had four inches of empty space. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that that's that's how I actually like the Yaris Hybrid. It's really like, honestly, if I was going to design a modern car, this is it. 
That's everything I've wanted in the world. It's the perfect vehicle. And the only way that this would be better is if it was a three-cylinder and ba- in a Mirage. No. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, Ryan. No. I want something that is as small as possible and as potent as possible. Like, that's what I want. I want, I want the, smallest, the smallest possible fast car I could get. Yeah, but the no, because the four-cylinder isn't worse. No, it's not. No, the four-cylinder is better, but... And on that note, shall you get the bagpipes? I think I shall. (laughs) Sounds good. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Uh, We will get back at you later this week.